welcome to the Rich Thoughts Podcast, where our goal is to glorify God and terrify the devil. Get ready. It's going to be a great journey. Good morning and welcome to Rich Thoughts for Breakfast. I'm Harold Herring and that's my fine wife, Beth. On today's call, we're going to talk about what makes people evil and wicked. Now, if we were to ask each of us, and we include ourselves, are you wicked and evil? I'm sure the immediate response would say, of course not. But we want to ask you another question, or ask it again, after we read a few verses from the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. You know the story. The master gave each servant five talents, and the one five, one two, and the final servant he gave one talent. The first two servants doubled the master's money, and he was very happy with them. But not so much with the servant who had the one talent. Matthew 25, 26, 25, 26, classic Amplified. But his master answered him, You wicked and lazy and idle servant, do you indeed know that I reap where I have not sowed and gather grain where I have not withered? The one talent servant is called wicked and lazy and idle. Let's look at the King James Version of that of that passage. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed none, and gather where I have not strawed. The Greek word for wicked, G4190. 4190, and it's found 76 times in 71 verses of the King James Bible. I think it's significant <laughs> that in 51 of those mentions, the word wicked is translated as evil. So what made this servant evil and wicked? The evil servant was cast into hell because he was unfaithful, an unfaithful steward, for not doubling the money as the other two servants did. However, there's much more to the sins of the wicked, evil servant. So let's look at seven things that can make us a believer, evil and wicked, like this servant. Number one, if we question authority, that makes us evil and wicked. Can you believe that? Wow. It says, God listen, God established authority in the earth, and he, well, he likes it to be respected. In Romans 13.1, Romans 13.1 in the New Living Translation, it says, respect for authority. Everyone must submit to governing authorities for all authority. This is interesting. All authority comes from God. And those in position of authority have been placed there by God. I, I could do a whole sermon yes, you could. on authority and how those being placed in authority by God. But see, the point is submitting to authority is critical to our success. And the only way in which we can maintain the order can be maintained on the earth. But when we have an understanding of how authority works, we realize that God is using established authority to help us really rise in the ladder to success. Amen. That is what happened when Jesus healed the centurion's officer's servant in Matthew 8. In Matthew 8, 9, New Living Translation, it says, I know this because I am under authority. See, here is he's going to the centurion, and the centurion says, please, you know, heal my servant. And the centurion says to Jesus, I know this because I'm under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go, and they go, or come, and they come. 
And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. The evil and wicked servant questioned the instructions <clears throat> of his master because unlike the first two servants, he did not gather interest on the talents that he was given, even though he was told to do so. Failing to follow an instruction because you think the boss is hard or unreasonable, or question, that's questioning authority. And that is what makes us fall. I, it's considered evil and wicked, but it really makes us fall out of favor with God because he's asked us to do something that we refused to do. It's called rebellion, but we'll get into that. You have a very good teaching on authority. I do, because I lived it. Yes, you did. You Been know, there and done that. That's it. There's so much that can be said on authority. I mean, I'm doing a rabbit trail, but there's so much that can be th said on authority. You say, well, my supervisor is not a good supervisor. Let me tell you this. They may be wicked as all get out, and you may be as righteous as, as there is the, the pure as the driven snow. But I'm telling you this, you have to submit to authority yes, so God can step in and take care of you. And that's what he did for me. I respected authority even when it was at times unfair and not and really difficult. kind and very difficult. But the point is, is that I kept myself so that God could take me out of it. But if I had done, kept on doing, you know, if I if I was disrespecting authority, God had to take his hands off. I had to respect authority so God could put his hands on. Amen. Okay, sorry. That, that's a great teaching, and you're turning it into a book. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Number two, if we make excuses, that makes us evil and wicked. Matthew 25, 24, 25, 24, classic Amplified. He who had received one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be harsh and a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you have not widowed the grain. It's not my fault. That's one of the most frequently used excuses you'll ever hear. The third servant's playing the blame game. I didn't get your return on your investment because I know you're a harsh and hard man. In other words, it's your own fault. I didn't produce a harvest for you. The parable of the talents presents one of the clearest pictures in Scripture. What's going to happen to people who make excuses? Because hear this now. Excuses will not be allowed on Judgment Day. Mm. Number three, if we bury our talent, that makes us evil and wicked. And you might as well go ahead and say, ouch. <laughs> because the next point, it stings a little. <clears throat> and it might even bite. A little bit. True. Burying our talent or our money is much more than just putting it in the ground. If we take God's money and get yourself deeply in debt, then you're burying the talent he gave you. And you're also burying a lot of common sense. But if you spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in interest, that's literally burying your talent where there's no use of that for the master's good. We need, to not, we need to remember that money in our pocket, checking or savings account, investment, return, reti retirement is not our money. It belongs to God. What does he want us to do with it? But Psalm 24.1 makes it plain. Psalm 24.1 in the New Living Translation makes it plain that we're stewards. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. So we need to make no mistake. All the money and possessions that we have belong to God. And he expects us to, well, treat it properly, be effective stewards, or else we're going to be considered that we're not living according to 
Scripture. That's right. In fact, according to Scripture, we'd be evil and wicked. Number go. four, if we fail to double what we have, that makes us evil and wicked. The first servant doubled the money that was entrusted to him. Matthew 25, 16, 25, 16, New Living Translation. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The second servant also doubled the money that was given to him. Matthew 25, 17, 25, 17, New Living Translation. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. The third servant didn't double the master's money, so he was called a wicked, lazy servant. So if you don't double what God's entrusted you, if you at least fail to bring him an increase, then you're wicked and evil, according to the scripture. Mm. Number five, if we are lazy, that makes us evil and wicked. As a reminder in Matthew 25, 26, New Living Translation, says, but the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate. The King James Version of that says the word lazy is slothful, which is also defined in Strong's Concordance as grievous. Throughout the scriptures, and especially in Proverbs, we're given a lot of warnings about what happens when we, well, should I say sit on our duff? Yeah. Instead of getting out and working, we once did a teaching called 16 Proverbial Reasons Not to Be Lazy. You can search for it on the website, www.heraldherring.com. But we'll, we're not going to give you all 16, but we're going to give you three to think about. In Proverbs 10.4, 10.4 in the New Living Translation, it says, Lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. And in Proverbs 15.19, Proverbs 15.19 in the Living Bible says, A lazy fellow has trouble all through life. The good man's path is easy. Wow. And in Proverbs 18.9, 18.9 New Living Translation, a lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys things. Wow. Think of that. Powerful verses. No, yeah, wow, for sure. I could say so much more. Go, babe, because I'm Number probably going to run us over If today. we're afraid to do what God asks us to do, that makes us evil and wicked. Matthew 25, 25, New Living Translation. I was afraid I'd lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. There's there, if there's one thing we can know with absolute certainty, is that God never wants us to be afraid or fearful. Yes. In the scripture, he tells us 44 times, the King James Version of the Bible, to be not afraid. In fact, the scripture, he tells us not to be afraid of him, them, or even a multitude of people and or enemies. 2 Kings 115, 2 Kings 115, be not afraid of him. Deuteronomy 20, verse 1, 20, verse 1, be not afraid of them. For the Lord thy God is with you. And Second Chronicles twenty fifteen. Second Chronicles twenty fifteen. Mm -hmm. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid, nor dismayed, by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. It's very clear that if we're afraid when he tells us not to be, then we're evil and wicked. Mm. And number seven, if we don't effectively use what's been given to us. That makes us evil and wicked. In Matthew 25, verses 26 and 27, Matthew 25, we're in it. At the end of it, 26 and 27, the Message Bible kind of sums up the teaching. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. 
If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the best, than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest a sum with the bankers where at least I would have gotten a little interest. Not effectively using what has been entrusted to your care, what you've been given personally, is a terrible way to live. Does that describe how it feels to live in debt and lack? It's a terrible way to live when you make all of your financial decisions instead of what doing what or even asking what God well, thinks God likes, and going yeah. by his principles. That's good. If you know what God expects of you and you don't do it, then according to the scripture above, it's criminal. Worst case, it's sin. To know what to do right and not do it is sin, it says. You may feel like you don't have the skill set or resources of other people, but God is after your best because he wants to give you his best. Believe yes. me, it's a win-win situation the sum of which is continually evolving and getting stronger day by day. So here's a question that God is asking us in Matthew 25, 26. I'm using the Message Bible translation. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? Well, wow. How you answer that question determines, well, whether you are going to be righteously rewarded or considered evil, evil and, and wicked. wicked. And the thing I would say, too, in all of that is the fact that, you know, you could say, well, gosh, the servant gave him back everything he gave him. Do you know what I mean? But God can't multiply, you know, multiply us, bless us, and give us authority if we're not even under authority, which is doing what it is he's asking us to do. That's the he, bottom line. He's not after are, he's not after us to punish us. No. He's after it, you know, giving you the principles to bless you. But and, it's in our and, hands. And hear this last thought very carefully. If we're not profitable to God's kingdom, then he'll take everything you have, we have, and give it to someone else who is. Who will be. Yes. Yeah. That's the key. That's. Join us tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern for Rich Salts TV. Uh, you'll be blessed by it. Facebook Live at Brother Harold. It's, it's a great teaching tonight. And how join us 6 p.m. Eastern, Facebook Live at Brother Harold. And until tonight at 6 and every morning at 8.30, God bless you. Happy trails. And keep thinking rich thoughts from the Word of God. We love you. We appreciate you. Bye-bye.